Well, it's so good to be with you. Happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, very good. I know some of you, this may be your first time at our church, and we're just glad you're here. We hope you have a great experience. And welcome those of you watching the different venues of the church and those of you watching online. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, I had dinner with a group of friends. There were four of us having a meal together. And something you need to know is uh, the other three, uh, not religious, uh, don't go to church, uh, they all kind of laughed. Somehow they became friends with a pastor, and that's always funny to them. And we talk about all sorts of things, but on this day, in the middle of the conversation, one of the guys said, here's the question I want to know. I want to know if you guys believe there actually is a God. He goes, I want to hear from each of you. And then he goes, not you, Rev. We know what you think. We want to hear what the, you know. So I thought, okay, I'll just sit back and listen. Guy to my left jumps right in. He goes... There's no God, there's no creator. This was all a cosmic accident. One of the guys says, uh, do you pray? He goes, what for? Why would you pray if there's no God? Somebody else said, well, do you, what, what happens when you die? And he goes, just turn to dust, it's all done. You just get this life, that's it. Okay, next guy. He goes, well, actually, I think there is a God. I think there is a creator, but he's off doing something else. Like he made this and now he's off doing some other thing. No reason to pray, he's not picking up the phone. But, uh, but there's a creator, he said. And we got to the guy who asked the question. They said, what do you think? And he said, well, actually, I believe there is a God. And actually, he goes, I, I kind of think that maybe he's, he wants a relationship. He wants a connection. One of the guys said, do you pray? He goes, he goes, don't make fun of me. But he goes, I actually pray every day. He goes, I don't know if he hears it or not, but I just wonder if maybe he does. Maybe he does. If you were at the table and they pointed to you, you're next, what would you say? What would your answer have been? Do you identify with one of the three? Do you, yeah, that's, that's more like my belief right there. Do you know what you'd say? Uh, eventually they came back to me and they said, okay, Rev, we were just kidding. We want to hear a little of your turn. And, uh, and I told them what I would tell you on this Easter Sunday. I believe the core of my being, core of who I am, there is a God that you are not a cosmic accident. The Bible actually says that God knit you together. God couldn't wait for the day that you'd be born, and he's watched over you every day of your life. There is a God, and he wants to be known by you. I said this to them. He wants to be known by you. And then I shared a promise, and this is straight from the Bible. This is the book of Jeremiah, and this is before Jesus was born, but these are words that Jeremiah wrote down from God to humanity, and here's what it says. It's a great promise. He says, you will seek me. This is the word of God. You will seek me, and you will find me when you search with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You'll seek me, and you'll find me. This promise says clearly, God wants to be found. He wants to be found. He goes, you will seek me and you will find me. But there's a cost, isn't there? You've got to search for him with your whole heart. You'll seek me and you'll find me. But you've got to search with every part of your being. God's saying, I want to be found by you. But it's going to take some effort on your part. You're going to have to be in the lookout. And it's not just a little bit of a search. This is going to be a wholehearted search. Everything you've got. Quite a promise. So let me ask you. When have, in your life, when have you ever gone on a wholehearted search for anything? Can you remember the last time where you like, everything I had, I was on the search for this. Have you had a moment like that? Uh, I had one I remember clear as day. It was 11 years ago. 
And our family, if you don't know, uh, we've got two kids, and they're now 15 and 12, but 11 years ago, they were four and one. Little kids, and our whole family decided to go to Disney together. Aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, the whole family. And this sounded like a great idea until we got there, and I realized my one-year-old's not big enough to go on any of the rides, right? So on that day, I was the one who got to push him in a stroller, ride after ride, which Disney must be great, but if you're just walking around no rides, it is not quite as fun, right? So eventually, we'd done ride after ride, and I said, I just got to change this up a little bit. So I said to my wife, you guys go to the next ride. Tell me which one it is, and Nate and I, we're going to go a little different path. So they told me where they're going. I said, great, you guys go that way. I'm going to try to time this out so that when you're done getting over there and off the ride, I'll be right there. And so Nate and I had a great time. We kind of went off, did our own thing. It was just fun, just a change of pace. And we got across to the next ride, and I hadn't timed it quite right because they were still in line. It was a long line. And I looked across my family, and something just didn't look right. And I remember I did a second pass, and then it hit me. My four-year-old daughter wasn't there. So I went up to my wife and I said, Cammie, where's Karis? And she goes, I thought she was with you. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) Even as I'm telling the story, I still feel the same anxiety in that moment. It was overwhelming. I realized I'd been walking 30 to 45 minutes, somewhere in there. And my four-year-old was somewhere at Disney. I handed my son to my mother-in-law. I said, you watch him. I said to my wife, you go the way you came. I'm going to go the way I went. I'll meet you at that other ride. Let's hope on the way one of us finds her there, okay? She walked her way, and then I turn around, and I started to run. I'm just sprinting, right? And all these thoughts are going through my head. What if she's not there? What would she have done? Did we tell her what to do if we got lost here? If she's not there, what do I do? And then I started to pray, and they were the boldest prayers of my life. God, please let her be there. God, please protect her. God, please keep her safe. God, please bring my daughter back to me. And I'm running, and I'm running. Some of you parents, you've had a moment where you lost track of a kid, and you know the anxiety of this. I'm running all the way across. I go, I just got to find my daughter. And I come around the corner, and I'm finally to that entrance area at the front of this line. And the ride must have just let off because there are people everywhere. And I'm scanning, going, where is she? And I don't see her. And I scan a second time, and I don't see her. And the third time I go through, the crowd kind of parted. I looked way to the back, and there was a bench at the back, and I saw these two little legs swinging, and it was my little girl. And she comes running up to me, and I swept her in my arms, and she goes, Dad, you forgot me. (laughs) I said, oh, honey, I didn't forget you. Your mother did. So. <laughs> that day, I'll tell you, I was on an all-out search with everything I had, and I would not have stopped searching till I found my daughter. That's what a parent does, yeah? You go, yeah, all-out, wholehearted search. It's what you do when you love someone. Have you ever had that kind of search for God? This is what the Bible is asking. God will say, he's saying here, he's promising. In fact, I'll be found by you. I will. But you got to really look. Everything in you. Not a half-hearted search. Not just a little search. God goes, you'd better be in a whole-hearted search for me. Have you ever looked for God like that? And let me flip the story. 
Maybe on this Easter you walked in today and maybe you feel a little like my daughter in this story. And you're going, did God forget me? Does he even notice? Does he hear my prayer? Has he abandoned me? Maybe you're that way. Maybe you wonder, does God even notice me? And many of my friends, when they get to the point of actually wanting to search for God, their very first question is, where do you start? How do you begin a search like that? And what I always tell them this is when it comes to Christianity, the place to start is Jesus, actually. To look at Jesus' life. Jesus had some audacious claims. One of them, and this is so audacious, one of them was Jesus said, if you want to know what God is like, look at me. Look at my ways, listen to my words, see what I value. You want to know what God values, look at what I value. You want to know what breaks the heart of God, see what breaks my heart. You want to see how God looks at you, look at how I look at you. Jesus goes, you want to know what God's like, look at me. His direct quote is this, he goes, if you really know me, these are the words of Jesus, if you really know me, you know my father as well, speaking of God. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. He's just saying, look at me. You want to know what God's like? Look at me. Look at me. Watch me. Watch me. So often when my friends get to the spot where they go, I want to be in an all-out search. How do I do it? I go, start with Jesus, but, but think about how you engage in any kind of search. Start with your mind. Have your mind fully engaged in the search. Have your mind fully engaged, reading and trying to understand I always tell them, start with one of the Gospels. In the Bible, there's all these different books. Some of them are called Gospels, and they're stories. They're basically a, a, they're a book that's devoted to Jesus' life and his teachings. Read one of the Gospels. I always say, read the book of Luke. The book of Luke tells the story of Jesus, captures his teaching. The book of Luke is 30 pages. I know sometimes you look at a book like this and you go, it seems overwhelming. Luke is just 30 pages. You could read the book of Luke one page a day in a month, 30 days. At the end of the 30 days, you'd have a great understanding of Jesus' life and his teachings. I challenge you. You go, I've never done a search, but I want to get in it. Start with Luke. In the next 30 days, one page a day. Just open it up one page a day. And you'll build, I'm, I'm engaging my mind in the search. Uh, I challenge you too. If you want to engage your mind in the search, read the book of Luke and then get a journal and just write down your questions. Trust me, God can handle your questions. Don't hide them from him. Just be honest. Write them down. Go, I got to figure this out. I don't understand these things. But bring your questions to him. Go, if you're real, you're going to have to help me understand this. Engage your mind. The other thing I challenge you to do is find a friend. Engage your heart with a friend. So many of my friends on the search they described the thing that helped them understand the most was when they found someone they respected, whose faith they respected. And they just said, would you have a cup of coffee or a meal with me? Just a couple of times where we can process this, talk through it. That friend many times just asked the right question or has the right thing to say to help you understand what you believe about this question of who's God. And that friend, you go, boy, I'm reading, I'm writing down questions. I've got a friend, I'm talking to him. That's really your, your head getting that in the game and, and your heart. I tell you too, those 30 days say a dangerous prayer. Just a simple prayer, but it's dangerous. Here it is. God, if you're real, show up. Tangible way. Some way that I would understand. Show yourself, God. I'm on the lookout, but I need your help. So you go, you're reading the Bible one page a day. You got a prayer every day. Got a friend you're talking through things. One last thing I'd tell you is for four weeks. Again, it's like a 30-day challenge. For four weeks, 
get to a church. It doesn't have to be this church. But just decide out of your entire week, one hour of it's going to be devoted just to sit and listen and try to learn. You show up at that church ready to go, okay, God, I'm in church. I'm doing the work necessary to find you. Show up now. Be present. Show yourself to me. You do those things. I think you can say, I'm on the search. I've done a wholehearted search. I'm trying to figure out what I believe about this God and if he's real and if he's good and if he's loving. You do that. I do think God's going to show up for you. And you read through the book of Luke, you're going to find out something. The book of Luke captures some beautiful teachings of Jesus. One of them gives you the indication that you're not the only one on the search. Jesus actually tells a story that describes that actually God's on a search for you as well. And Jesus loves to speak in stories that parables is what they're called that describe the heart and the character of God. And one of them he describes a shepherd who's lost something. It just simply says this, suppose one of you had 100 sheep and you lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 sheep and go after that lost one? And when you found that sheep, you'd put it across your shoulders. You'd rejoice. And when you got home, you'd call in your friends. You'd say, celebrate with me. I found the lost sheep. Count on it, Jesus says. There's joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus goes, you're not the only one on the search. God's actually on a search for you. And in this story, he clears up some misperceptions about God, doesn't he? Like one, a lot of people think this. A lot of people think God has favorites. That God loves maybe the good people more or the religious people. That God is just happy with a few people. Not true. Jesus goes, do the math. If 99% of the world were totally, their hearts turned to God, God would not be content. And he would do everything he could for the final 1%. God is not content without all of humanity's hearts turned over to him. He wants every person to love him and know about him, which is good news. Because that means God's heart is for you and for me. God loves every person on the planet. Take it to the bank. He loves you. Now, the other thing it clears up is found in a word at the end of that story. You may have missed over it. At the very end, it gives you this image that all of heaven has a party when one sinner is rescued, is the language it used. Rescued. The Bible describes every one of us as sinners, so we're all equal in that. But it describes that each of us needs a rescue. And here's the misperception. So many people think that Christianity is about doing, that we have to do a bunch of good deeds or charitable acts to gain God's approval. That basically we have to show ourselves to be worthy of God. Not true. The Bible describes in this word, you see it, rescue. Rescue. Now here's what I know about someone who needs a rescue. If you need a rescue, the truth is you probably got yourself into this mess, whatever it is. And the reason you need a rescue is you realize you can't get yourself out of it. If you could, you wouldn't need a rescue. But this describes there's a point in someone's life when they realize there's nothing I can do. No amount of good works can get me back into good favor with God. So I'm on my own. So if I can't get myself out of it, I need someone to rescue me. And see, this is why we celebrate Easter and Good Friday on this weekend. See, the truth is, the core of Christianity, we don't believe Jesus was just a good teacher. 
We don't believe he just had an influential life. We actually believe Jesus was God's son himself. Left heaven to come to earth as a rescue for us. Pay the price for all those sins at Good Friday. Overcome the grave and be resurrected at Easter, which promises life eternal. And that he himself reaches out a hand to every person on the planet and says, don't do it on your own. You don't have to try to pay for them. It's all been paid already. You don't have to keep doing things. It's already done. All you have to do is reach out your hand and be rescued by the one who's loved you your whole life. Isn't that beautiful? That's why Christians weep at Good Friday and cheer at Easter. Now, here's what I want to ask you. Now go back to the original question. Have you ever been on an all-out search for this God? Have you ever looked with your whole heart? He's worthy of a deep, meaningful investigation. He is. This is one of those things. Many of you have been on many searches in your life. You've searched for a spouse or for a vocation or a career. You've searched for a home or a car. Don't come to the end of your life and go, I never did a search for God. Don't go to the end of your life and go, I never asked the most important question of them all. Be on a search. Everything you got. Go, I got to come to the place where I have a conviction when it comes to this. And I want to give you a moment to just think about this Easter 2019. And here it is. The core I wanted to ask you to think about is, could God possibly be like I've described? Could he possibly be real and good and loving? Could Jesus possibly, who he said he was, not just a good teacher, but the Son of God come to rescue humanity? Could he possibly be? So here's what I want to ask, just to end this Easter service together. Uh, In a moment, I'm going to give you just a quiet 30 seconds for you to pray right where you're at, just on your own, just to lift up a prayer to heaven. And you may want to just lift up that first prayer of being on the search. You just go, all right, God, I don't know if you're real, but but I'm on the search. And so if you're real, show up, something, do something, God, so I know you're real. And you just commit yourself to that search. I'm going to do the search 30 days. I'm on the lookout. Trust that God will hear that. Uh, Some of you, you may have already received this rescue, this grace years ago, and you've been at Easter before and you celebrate, and this may be a great time just to pray a prayer of gratitude. God, thanks for what you did on the cross. Thanks for overcoming the grave. Thanks for the Easter miracle in my life. And with a smile on your face, you can pray that prayer. There's a third group I want to talk to right now. Some of you, as I've talked, you go, I believe this. I believe that God's real and good and loving. Believe Jesus was who he said he was. And you believe it, but you've never had a point where you've received it, where you made that decision. You go, well, if God did everything, is there anything I need to do? And and the answer is yes. The only thing you have to do, the Bible describes, is basically reach out a hand to the one who rescued you. Just simply saying you're receiving that rescue, that grace. The Bible describes God respects you so much. He gives you the power to choose. You can say no. But he hopes you say yes. Have you had a day where you just said yes to that? And I'll give you a moment. And just kind of where you're at, you can just say a prayer saying you receive this. And the Bible has a great promise on this. You go, you know, is there a specific prayer I have to pray? The Bible just says this, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Translation, 
Whoever just prays a simple, sincere, heartfelt prayer to God, just saying, God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need grace and I know I need a rescue. God hears that. Heaven rejoices and celebrates and God seals that decision. Have you had a day like that, a moment in your life where you go, I know I received it. Uh, This time of prayer would be a chance you could do that. You get that right. This Easter 2019. And so many of my friends that uh, when they make that decision, when they pray that prayer, What they found helpful is also to do something physical that kind of reminds them that they made this decision, that they got this right. And something I've done quite frequently is when everyone's bowing their heads, nobody's looking around, I'll just say, if you want to make that decision, just raise a hand. Kind of basically you're saying to heaven, all right, here's the hand. I'm reaching out my hand now to receive this rescue, receive this grace. In that moment, you're saying, heaven, notice me. With a hand raised, I'm choosing this faith right here, right now. And you can trust that God sees that hand, that God seals the decision. So what I'll do is I'll just give us a moment, 30 seconds of prayer. And then I'll just say, if you want to make this day, the day you choose this, just go ahead and raise your hand and we'll go ahead and do that. Okay. So right now I'd ask you, would you just bow your head? Nobody looking around. This is a chance for you with God just to do a little business, a moment of prayer on this Easter Sunday. right now nobody looking around if you go this is my day i believe this and i'm choosing this faith i'm receiving a rescue would you just raise your hand up now just raise it up nobody's looking just you just saying to god god notice me i'm choosing this faith right now i'm receiving this rescue right here right now yep now you can put your hands down god see every hand raised let them know you see them God, let them know your immense love for them. Let them know there's no more guilt, no more shame. All done. It's all paid for. God, fill them with a sense of your passion for the world. Fill them, God, with spiritual gifts for the building of your church. And God, use them in our world now. But seal this decision. Grow up their faith. God, do great things in them and through them. And God, we're grateful on this Easter that you heard our prayers. God, hear the prayers of the ones who are committing to the search. God, I'd ask this. Give them a tenacity to get to the place where they know exactly what they believe. God, I'd ask over these days, you show up powerfully in them. Maybe in sleepless nights. Maybe in nature. Maybe through a conversation with a friend. Maybe through opening up the Bible and reading the book of Luke. But God, show up for them. So that in the not too distant future, they have a point where they go, I know exactly what I believe. I know exactly how I'd answer that question. And God, hear the prayers of so many of us who can think back to a day when we received your great rescue and we've been filled with your joy ever since. God, thank you for the work you've done in us. Thank you for the work you did on the cross, the work you did overcoming the tomb. And God, we ask for your blessing now on each person here. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.